What's up, makers? I'm Sean. I'm Josh. I'm Donovan. And I'm Wes. And you are listening to the Making Geeks podcast, a podcast for makers, dads, and geeks. This is episode 145-B. Because 145 should have been the Maker Fair episode, which we weren't able to get a good audio recording of. So we're going to spend today talking a little bit about what happened, what we talked about, and just, you know, Maker Fair follow-up in general. Hope everybody had a, a good flight back, somewhat recovered from the uh, the weekend. Mm. Still recovering from the weekend. As everybody kind of shrugs <laughs> and like and coughs. Yeah, yeah. pretty good. What is that? Uh, that's good. At least Wes feels good. John, are you feeling okay? <laughs> I, I'm feeling okay, but I, I'm used to the air here, so I didn't get the same respiratory problems you guys did. Ugh. <laughs> I feel like garbage. <laughs> My throat had that like that little tickle in your throat. You're like, oh man, I hope I don't get sick on like Saturday, and then spoke all day. Probably didn't drink enough water and just made it worse. And I don't want I don't want to whine about the flights, but it's the first and only red eye flight I will ever take, and I think it didn't help. So I'm feeling uh feeling a little garbagey today. <laughs> Voice crack number one. <laughs> There's something about the di- uh, there's something different about the air in San Francisco. Not really sure what it is, but it just it's different. It's good for sourdough, but not for people. <laughs> Maybe that's the key. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of funny. I had that tickle in the throat like <clears throat> the day on Friday, and I'm like, oh no, because the last thing I need to go to Maker Fair and to like to be around a bunch of people and constantly talking is to be sick, and uh-huh. yep. I I was I was sick, which hopefully didn't uh, sound too bad during our talk. I thought I sounded presentable, but uh, you could definitely you could definitely tell I was man. I was fighting something. So how was everybody's trip? Did you guys more so Donovan? This is your first really big Maker Fair event, man. How did you enjoy it? Or did um, you even enjoy? I don't mean to project. Like, what were your thoughts? Did I? Well, okay. If I'd have to break it up into two different categories, uh, Maker Fair, attending as as a presenter, I thought it was fantastic. Um, it was really cool meeting up with um, people that I've met at WorkbenchCon uh, before, like Bob and Jimmy and Evan and Caitlin, and um, and and just seeing them again. And meeting new people that I hadn't met yet, which was also really cool. Um, presenting, I had a blast, even though we closed out the day and, you know, we were we were kind of talking to the scragglers left, you know, in the building by the end, which was fine. Um, they were a devoted to, fan base, right? Yeah, they were. Yeah, they were. It was pretty cool. Um, <laughs> I I enjoyed that part. And I enjoyed the fact that it's like I got to meet all you guys in person. Finally, I feel like that 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 barrier has been has been broken now. Maybe we can talk a little bit more cohesively, which we kind of which we kind of did. I mean, at the beginning of our talk, we did this little okay, I'll talk, then you talk, then you talk, then you talk, then I'll talk, then, and then we finally got to the point where we were actually conversing with each other, and I thought that was that was pretty cool. That was a good way to end our our speech. But that being said, Maker Fair. Uh, as an event, I, I did not like it. There was just, um, there was so many people, so many people. And, and granted, the weather pushed everybody inside, but it was so hard to like walk around and see the booths because you couldn't get up to the booth unless you like stood in a, in an uncued line of people of everybody else trying to get up to the booth. And so it was this constant, like kind of squirm with the crowd as you're moving back and forth and then trying to see whatever is on the booth. And if it's interesting enough, waiting and waiting to get up to the booth to see it, but then not being able to, to talk to the people as much as you want to talk to the people. Cause they're trying to talk to 400 other people at the same time. And, uh, comparing my experience at like uh, Tulsa mini maker fair or maker fair, however you want to look at it now that we're accredited. If that's the, if that's the term for it, um, 
a, a smaller crowd is is definitely preferable. I would say it. Maybe it was just the weather, like I said, pushing everybody inside. But I would say there was there was too many people to to make it enjoyable. That was just my takeaway from it. Um, I don't know how this year compared to like maker maker fairs in the past for you guys, but it was just there was so much I wanted to see and so much I wanted to do and didn't didn't really get to see much or do much just because the the crowds were so so huge. It was definitely more crowded than it's been in the past, and it's really mainly due to the weather. Um, some of those buildings get crowded as is, but I think it was a little bit excessive this year. And you know, it's too bad that your first time going was was that experience. Um, I don't know how much uh, your opinion would have changed if it if the weather was better, because I mean, there's a lot of people no matter what. Um, yeah, it does. It does feel Which, better. If but I mean, if out. they they could have been more dispersed. I mean, because there was a lot of stuff outside. There was a lot of booze. There was like the cupcake cars that I don't. I think I saw one move around a little bit in between it raining and not raining. Uh, but there was so much that seemed to be shut down just due to weather. And so there wasn't that there wasn't, you know, the draw for people to go outside to go and see everything that was going on outside, aside from the food trucks. Cause that's, that's where all the food trucks were. Did you guys get around to see much in the other buildings other than like where the main stages were? Cause I didn't really explore that much this year. Yeah. It's all, I made it a point to hit, Every building. But, I mean, that's that's kind of what I do with those things. I, I want to get, not really get my money's worth, but um, I, I go there to be inspired by all the stuff. And there's a lot of kind of downtime in between the big talks and things. And I wanted to see every building at least once. And so, yeah, I made it a point to hit every one of them. Yeah, there was, I do have to admit, there was a lot there to be inspired by. There was some very cool stuff that I saw at Maker Fair that I was like, wow. Is there anything in particular? Um, the uh, it, One of my goals while I was there to was to kind of look for, make penance to my kids <laughs> for leaving them behind. And so to find something for them that, that they would enjoy. And we got these uh, uh, engineering building cube sets for my son. Uh, they're kind of like, they're not like Legos. I don't want to compare them to Legos, but they're kind of like those old, um, those old cube blocks that we had in like grade school that like every side had an indention, but one side had a little pokey thing and you can like, everybody always made like a really long train chain. Oh, little to county them. block things. Yeah. They're like the little cannon block yeah. things like those, but just version 3.3.0. And so there was like hinges and joints and connectors and you could build people and stuff like that. And I thought that was really cool. Um, and there was just there was a lot there to do with robotics. I really enjoyed the uh, uh, the STEM building that had all the the STEM projects for um, for kids because my my daughter really wants to be a scientist. That's that's what she wants to be. Um, is an animal scientist. And so she's really into science and science stuff and things like that. It was really cool to go in to see the just the, the technology and the stuff that they have available for kids that are into stuff like that. I thought like that was that was the inspiring thing for me as a dad, you know. So I, I really liked, uh, yeah, the STEM building was probably my favorite part of the uh, all the venues that were there. What about you? What was your favorite? Anybody? <laughs> Anybody wants to go? John, what was your favorite thing from Maker Faire? I'm, I'm a little bit biased the, this year because of the experience of the weather and really not getting around to see a whole lot. Um, that I wasn't... I don't know. I, I had some other issues this year. And... I, I didn't really see anything that kind of inspired me the same way, mainly because it looks the same to me as it has the last three years. And so it, it's a little bit of seeing the same thing over and over again. I see the 3D printing. I see the laser cutters. I mean, I like all of that stuff. Um, I like the STEM stuff, especially because of um, my position with work now. Um, actually, there was one thing, and it was something that I was looking at 
almost purchasing for my uh, my department of work because they, it was a field microscope, but it was a paper field microscope. And there was a couple of different things where you could attach like a, a regular slide for a microscope into it and you'll look through it and, and see it really close up. You could also attach it to the back of your, um, your smartphone and use that camera and get it even closer. And I'm looking at possibly purchasing a couple of class sets because we have a forensics program um, run by a, a retired uh, police department officer on campus. So I thought that was really cool. And then my uh, brother-in-law, who I was there with, got really inspired too because he spent a couple of years in uh, in Nicaragua. And that's something they that had to do a lot of there is trying to figure out how to do tests out in the field for, you know, looking at water, crops, stuff like that. They don't have a lot of access to so he got pretty um, pretty involved in talking to the guy and, and wanting to explore more of more of the potential of that of that device. And I think they said that the cost per unit was like a dollar per unit manufacturing cost. And they're made out of I think he said like a flexible ABS. That way they're they're waterproof, um, but they're also manufactured to be somewhat disposable, even though you could probably use them more than once. So that was probably one of the one of the cooler things I saw as far as um, something new and different for me. Yeah, when I first saw that project, uh, it was like, I think on a Kickstarter uh, or a GoFundMe. It was like called Foldscope. It was made out of cardboard. Um, it was pretty sweet. So I definitely can uh, relate to his excitement level for that one. Uh, let's see. Personally, I finally saw the uh, giant white mech working. Mm-hmm. Was it was it called prothesis or something like yeah. that? Yeah, Proth- yeah, prosthesis. Prosthesis. Uh, it was stomping around before Adam Savage's talk, and I got some. I was like first in the row. I had like up close kind of footage of it, and it's like stomping in a giant puddle and getting everybody wet. I thought that was pretty <laughs> awesome. He was like having a ball with that. They're the giant out. white mech. Oh yeah, it was There's outside. It. Yeah, there's pictures all over online. You can find them really easily. You can check okay. my Instagram. Uh, was it that like spider thing? Yeah, it had four okay. legs. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was actually like the last year. I think it broke down like right when I happened to look at it. <laughs> it never moved much, <laughs> and uh, this year it was pretty sweet. Uh, at one point, I thought it was going to roll back onto Adam Savage because he was like standing behind it, and it started like leaning backwards, like pretty dramatically. Sure. <laughs> I thought that could have ended badly, but poetically for him, I could have seen that as a. A good way to go, but uh, <laughs> uh, my favorite thing is probably uh, teaching my wife Catherine how to solder. Uh, she yeah. had never soldered before, and we went into a little Google Make soldering tent that usually has a, a pretty good line. It actually was the shortest I've seen it uh, in many Maker Fair. I've actually never done it, uh, but she wanted to give it a shot. We did the breadboarding one first, which was fun, and then we did the... Uh, the soldering and they basically just give you like a little PCB in the shape of a rocket and had like a little pin for your shirt to pin it uh, on like a lapel or something and had like a blinking LED when it's finished and uh, it had like a little battery holder and a couple little things to solder on there I think four or five pieces and they uh, they gave us the little the kits two kits and we sat down and the guy's like okay so who have you which of you have soldered before and I said she uh, hasn't I have and he's like you want to teach her right. I was like, yep. He's like, two thumbs up. He's like, let me know if you have any questions. We didn't see him again. (laughs) But it was cool uh, to actually teach her that because I had learned that uh, before I was in the Navy. And it was kind of like one thing I always enjoyed doing in the military uh, whenever I got like a solder job to fix something in an airplane. Uh, And I told her that I had been waiting uh, almost 20 years to teach her how to solder because she had never been interested. It never really came up before. But it was like – one of the few things I was able to teach her of something that I knew that was pertinent at the time, um, which was pretty neat. And she had like a big smile on her face when she actually had like the blinking light work in first try. And uh, she ended up saying that was her favorite thing uh, at Maker Faire. Yeah. Uh, so that was pretty cool. Um, beyond that, as far as uh, exhibits, the like 15, 20 foot high cardboard T-Rex was pretty awesome. Yeah. Uh, in that, stem hallway the fiesta building uh check that out it had some arduino kind of um circuitry built in as well that would like roar and i think it shook its little hands a little bit when you walk by which is pretty cool and then i checked out the uh bb8 
uh, Builders Club. I knew somebody that I met there last year. Um, said hi to her and checked out the progress from last year, which was inspiring. And then probably my favorite thing, it's a lot of cardboard stuff, actually, now that I think about it. There was a, uh, a guy or a girl, I'm not sure who it was associated with because there didn't happen to be anybody standing by it that looked like they owned the thing. But if any of you out there listening are familiar with the Google Chrome Easter egg of when you lose your internet connection, it puts like a little T-Rex, like a running T-Rex in a landscape and you hit the space bar to make them jump over obstacles. And it's just like a little Easter egg. Someone actually hmm. took that and made a giant like stand-up arcade <laughs> of that. And they like put a logo, like the header or the, uh, what do you call it on the top? Marquee. Uh-huh. And they called it Jumper. They had like the little dinosaur as the J. And they had like art on the side of it. And it was like pretty well done. I was really impressed. And that I was tickled, basically. That that was probably the verb I would use the most for a lot of these projects is like they're not really, there's not really a purpose. No one's getting paid to do these things. They're sort of like an expression in a, of their creativity, which was super inspiring. Um, that's always my favorite takeaway is just to see what people come up with just to come up with it. Yeah. Yeah. Mine was probably, uh, I kind of had, Hmm. I don't know. I had mixed emotions about maker fair. Like it seemed a little smaller to me and maybe it's because they moved a lot of stuff inside or most of the, the footprint that it had last year wasn't as large, but I think they just consolidated things and grouped it together differently. It didn't seem as dense as far as like vendors and things that were offered. Uh, which, I mean, I go there to, you know, be inspired and to take something away either uh, like inspiration wise or like a, a tangible product. Like I can't get a whole lot of cool STEM stuff here in Kentucky. So if I see a cool shirt or a cool product or a cool whatever, like that's my chance to kind of grab that and bring it back and incubate it here. And there there wasn't as many things there to take, like physically take away. And then there was conversation about it maybe being the last year. And then with the rain, I was like, oh, boy, this is we're off to a bad start. But it, it really wasn't like it was it was a good time. Um, the content creator stage that we were on last year was moved to like the big stage in the middle that was set up like in the main hall. Uh, they were back to back and we were on one of those. So that was pretty cool. <laughs> Yeah, for better or worse. <laughs> yeah, but um, like I said, I got to see every building, which was cool. I got to see the robots, the the kids stuff, the sewing stuff, the like homegrown where people are like making sauces and you know gluten free, non GMO, all kinds of stuff. There was there's a lot of the same stuff to see. Uh, it was just distributed differently, like I said. Um, there's one thing I want to talk about that I am geeking out about that I'm really excited about that I have here next to me. And it is the one thing that, like I said, I like to take stuff back and like seek inspiration. Like I've been inspired to push myself because of this book that I got and I'm excited about it. But I mean, overall it was cool. Um, it didn't make me as excited for next year as last year did. So I don't know. I think it was amazing to hang out with you guys. Um, I had to do three different talks, and they all went pretty well. So that was kind of neat. Got to see a bunch of the cool kids that we all know. But it was good. How did the talk go for you guys? How did our talk go, first off? Uh, as Donovan alluded, I thought it started off a little bit slow, but just because we were getting a feel for our banter and our kind of uh, personalities in person, which I think comes across differently than online. Um, but I think once we got into it, I, I felt it was it was pretty good. We had a good flow going. Yeah, Sean, I think you did a good job of of keeping it going. Mm-hmm. Thanks. I don't even remember doing that, but but okay, I'll I'll take the credit for it. Yeah, you did a good job. Yeah. yeah, it was weird. I I got nervous about the talk earlier on in the day, and I think that's why I didn't really stray too much out of that building. And I'm not even sure why. I mean, because I talk in front of people all the time. I don't know, you know, what it was. But when I got up there and once the the intro was kind of done, it was, um, it was fine. I liked it. Um, you know, you think back on it, and there's always a couple more things I would have liked to have added or talked about. But I think that's with um, any talk that happens. But overall, I think it went pretty well. Yeah, yeah I agree. I think that they their lack of MC 
like they had at New York Maker Fair. I think made stuff awkward again for the three different talks that we had to do and everybody else's talk. Like that was one thing that we brought up uh, when Bob was on the whatever council that in New York it was like having somebody introduce the people rather than having those people just walk up there and awkwardly go like, okay, it's my turn to talk now. Right. And they did that in New York. They had this lady in uh, overalls and it seemed to work really well. And when she pronounced people's names correctly, like it was good. And they didn't have that this year. And it had that same kind of feel like, all right, just go up there and sit Here's down and get off. move chairs. Or, or, or they cue our music like <laughs> five minutes before we're supposed to go on stage. It's like, wait, yeah. do we go up now? What's going on? Yeah, the, the production side could have used a little help, which I know they did some downsizing, and I'm sure that had an impact on the overall uh, quality. But I also think the fact that the, their priority was on the creator stage behind us. I don't know the name of the the sta- whatever stage was like right behind where we were talking. Like all of the the production guys that were over there on the side seemed to be. F- focusing solely on what on what was going on on that side of the stage and not so much what was going on on our side of the stage. I, I, I kind of disagree. I think so. Yeah, me too. Really? No, yeah, you think I, about I think, No, no, sorry. Like one one thing about the all the microphones and all this cuz we had issues on all three of the talks and the one guy that was doing the production and doing the audio was like there are so many wireless signals in here that the wireless microphones were having trouble. And so it wasn't like they were low on batteries. It was like, you think about that that massive room. Uh, Prusa brought their own Wi-Fi network so that they could (laughs) not be interfered with other people. So um, all the SSIDs and everything that was bouncing around inside that room independently, like I was, I was pretty impressed that they could get what they had because there was a lot of interference. So I died. It would have been nice if they just used some wired microphones because <laughs> on that stage, people weren't, weren't walking around a whole lot. But, I mean, that's something maybe in hindsight. But, and uh, again, this might be due to the weather, and, and they would have known the forecast um, days in advance. But there was a, a bigger stage, outdoor stage at Maker Fair, the Laura Conf was on last year, that would have been probably more fitting for some of the uh, some of the talks. I mean, yeah, if that so was... that wasn't there this year because that was over there. There was a like old timey carnival, Band. yeah, yeah, like wagon. There was, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was near like the uh, the individual the maker bizarre. kind of crafting bazaar, yeah. I mean, because the Making It podcast, Mark Rober, and a couple other ones could have filled that space really easily. William Osmonds, yeah, yeah. Was oh yeah, there was crazy. a couple. There was a couple speakers that <laughs> that made that they they filled that. I mean, traffic just came to a standstill. Especially with Mark Rober's one, because Josh, you were up on stage like emceeing the the working with your favorite YouTubers, and I was like, man, they have a huge crowd. People must be <laughs> must be really into this. And then I looked and found it's like, oh, Mark Rober's talk. Oh, Mark Rober's talking next. Okay, yeah, there's there's yeah. a line of people trying to get an autograph from him. Catherine sat down. We had two seats, kind of like one or two rows back. And as soon as she sat down, uh, the lady beside her is like, hey, no, 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 no. And <laughs> Catherine's like, what do you mean? Can I sit here? She, she's like, well, as long as you get up uh, for Mark Rober, I'm holding this seat for Mark Rober. So she wasn't even there, unfortunately, for your talk, Josh. It didn't seem like she was there waiting, saving the rest of the rank of those seats uh, for Mark Rober, Mark Rober, which was kind of disheartening <laughs> and annoying. Well, that time slot was pretty awesome <laughs> out of all of the three talks. Like that was even like the I like to make stuff talk because um, it was kind of toward it was on Sunday later, a little later in the day. But that first one on the first day, like that was a huge crowd because we were in between uh, the the two people from the King of Random and Mark Rober. Oh, yeah. And so when I was up there talking, like I was leading a panel of six people and we were talking to like a full crowd of seats and then standing and then it just got bigger. And then at one point, like I was I was asking questions of people in the crowds. So I was out in the crowd, like passing around a microphone. And I passed the microphone to this girl and I like turned around and I'm staring Conan O'Brien in the face. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, okay. I'm like, all right, well that's happening. I was like, okay, let's keep <laughs> you, you know what? Let's let's actually just pause for a moment and think about the everybody that's on stage that day, even though we had the last time slot, but everybody that came before us. And then making and they all geek. opened for us, which right. was nice of them. 
<laughs> <laughs> and then and then making geeks podcast. I mean, if I if I think about it that way, you know, I you know maybe sit up a little bit taller in my seat, knowing that I followed on that same stage compared to anybody else that could have you know give, also given a presentation that day. We got we got on there for Maker Fair, which I think is pretty cool. Yeah, it yeah. was a good time. Yeah, I would I would definitely do it again. It was worth the trip. One hundred percent. It's hard with a baby. <laughs> I do have to admit it was it was very hard uh, doing it with a baby, but still doable, still enjoyable. It's hard I'd, traveling I'd with your your kids too, and yeah. trying to make sure they have a good time. And luckily enough, my wife kind of understands the routine, and she kind of kept them busy, you know, majority of the time. Um, yeah, yeah. And this was the first time that all four of our wives got to meet. Yeah, I was going to get to that too, which I thought was kind of cool. How did your wives enjoy the fair? Um, my wife really enjoyed hanging out with your wives. This is, this is plural. Um, she didn't enjoy the fair so much just because all the people. Um, but other than that, she she loved hanging out with your guys' wives. Good. She's actually the one that recommended. She's like, you know what we need to do? We need to pick a holiday. We all just need to meet in a central location, and you guys can go off, and you can like build something all together, and then we can just hang out. Like that is a fantastic idea. I will tell the guys. So <laughs> that'd be fun. So yeah, she uh, she she really enjoyed meeting all of you, Catherine. Uh, she enjoyed it, I believe. Uh, I think she didn't enjoy how much I was talking to other people all the time. Cause she didn't know half the people I was talking to, you know, or, or 90% of them. She's so pretty, we verbal, like, she's pretty verbal about that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we're like trying to, you know, go over to this other, you know, exhibit or whatever. And then, you know, as it just happens, like, Oh, Hey, what's up? Hey, how you doing? You know? And like, start talking. She's just probably internally like, <sighs> but <laughs> I mean, you, I understand. Did you ever tell her, don't you know who I am? All right. That's right. Uh, and she, Eventually, uh, figured out that she could just like go off on her own and wander around and stuff and look for her own you know, things that interest her instead of having to you know be a pair all the time. Which she didn't uh, last very long on her own because we ended up running into each other in that the same uh, tent like three times. <laughs> like we were all trying to go have. different directions and we always end up crossing paths again. We're like, ah, oh, this isn't working. Let's just stay together. <laughs> so, but uh, that was kind of funny. Tiff enjoyed herself. Uh, we planned kind of before we left that we wanted to have a little mini vacation, just the two of us. But I mean, we didn't plan that very well timeline wise because we got in at like midday on Friday. So we didn't have a whole lot of time, but we were going to forego the paella thing Friday night and just go spend the day in San Francisco. Like we we're going to go on a hike of the Golden Gate Park and go out to Land's End and like go get dinner, just the two of us and kind of our own little little mini getaway. And we went to Maker Fair with Forby and Anthony, who work with me, and we stayed in London, the same hotel. We're like, we're going to pick up badges now because I, th- I remember the badge people not being around after five last year. I don't remember if that was true or not, but the Paella thing started at five. So we're like, we'll just go pick up badges, drop off Anthony and Forby, and then we'll just take an Uber like into downtown San Francisco, and we'll go have our thing. And we walked into the Paella thing, and Tiff started talking. And she just kind of kept talking. I I stopped her immediately. I didn't stop her. I went up to her. I'm like, yo, I, I, in all honesty, like I am ready to go when you're ready to go. I am not committed to this. I've told people I'm not committed to this. Let's go whenever you're ready. She's like, well, uh, it's getting kind of cold. And, you know, we're already here. And I'm like, oh, that's either way. I am a cute fine. baby. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I was kind of bummed that you guys were going to go on a hike. I'm going to be honest. Well, she was like, well, maybe Catherine and I can go, and then Mm -hmm. you guys can go do the paella thing. I'm like, well, I want to go hang out with you. I'm not ditching you. I wanted to hang out with her more than I wanted to eat paella with people. But she wanted to stay, so we stayed, and it was fine. And the whole time, I'm like, I don't want you to be upset. Like, this is your vacation, too. But she enjoyed herself. She really liked hanging out with uh, Donovan with your wife. That was really nice. Not that she didn't like hanging out with the other wives, but like she enjoyed talking to your wife about homeschooling and 
baby stuff and she always loves hanging out with Catherine and uh, and everybody else. It was such a good time. So she was not upset that she didn't get to go on the hike because she just got to talk to like the hundreds of people that she met last year. And honestly, she talks to more people than I do. And it's kind of a relief because when I start getting really overwhelmed and I'm like, okay, I'm getting hot and there's a million people around and I'm ready to walk out the door. She can kind of guide me that way. She knows my cues. Why you're married. Friday night was a good time. In fact, I think that's, that's probably my, my favorite part of, of Maker Fair right now. And it was fun last year and I, you know, I had just some fun this year. And I think one of the funniest things that night was, um, I had recognized somebody from, um, they used to do a show on, uh, um, a YouTube channel called Revision 3. And I, I dragged Donovan over to talk to him. His name's uh, Patrick Norton. And Anthony was freaking out about this guy. And yeah, I'm like, don't yeah. say hello. He's like, no, 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 I can't go say hello. I'm like, I don't know who this dude is, but he was, yeah. he was freaking out. He was having I, a Britney Spears moment. I, I told, <laughs> I told Donovan, let's go say hi. So I said hi to him. And then he starts talking to Donovan like a mile a minute. And I don't think anybody else got a word in the, you know, the whole entire time. And finally I was able to break away. I'm like, okay, that's not what I expected. And it's, it was terrible because he was talking about like cost of living and home prices and what? like moving to the yeah. Midwest and yeah. how it, things are All cheaper. This stuff. <laughs> oh, because like, he learned you were from We Oklahoma. are definitely okay. not yeah. talking shop. Yeah. I do have to say, I was not talking shop with a guy who I, man, I used to watch his videos all the time. Yeah. And I didn't want to, you know, fanboy out on him. So I'm just like, yeah, Oklahoma's really cheap. And <laughs> just, He's he's been thinking about that a lot apparently because he went off. Oh man! And like Sean said, it was like a it was like a thousand miles a minute, and nobody it, else could get a word in because he would just go 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 comment. And, okay, go go. And and to kind of wrap it up, when we were on stage uh, on stage doing our show, he walked by and he saw us on stage. He goes, "Hey, oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah." Nice. So he remembered. That's I'm cool. glad you guys could have that fun moment because I had no idea who that person was, but everybody around me was super yeah. excited. I've been watching him for years. He used to do all these tech shows on, on the internet and got really yeah. uh, well known for it, and then yeah. just kind of faded off. Yeah, he, he like was a about the same time. Man's Jimmy DeResta. He did. He really did. <laughs> yeah. He's he's old school YouTuber. I do yeah, have to say. Is. I mean, I was yeah. watching his videos in 2004 or five. I want to say. He was on Tech TV, wasn't he, before that? I believe he was. That's what Anthony kept saying. Screensavers. Yeah. Yeah. Should have told him. We would have introduced him. That way I could have got away earlier. (laughs) Oh, he finally mustered up the courage to go talk to him, I think. Yeah, Yeah, no, he did. He did. did. Because then he came over and he's like, do you guys know who to just talk to? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's good, because he did the same thing to me. I'm like, I don't know who that is. Go say hi. He looks like a dude. <laughs> he looks like all the other dudes. He was a dude. Definitely a dude. So, Donovan, was this trip uh, with your – the idea that you were going to be really nervous and we were trying to convey that, like, no, you're you're a peer to these people that you see on the internet. Did you get that feeling while you were there? Wait, did I get what feeling? The feeling that you are, like, a peer, like you are – Oh, you're one of the people. Yeah, that you're no longer just on the outside looking in, that you're actually part of the group. Um, Kind of. I mean, a little bit more. Yeah, I would say a little bit more than I was at like WorkbenchCon, where I was just geeking out every every five seconds and trying not to hyperventilate. Um, yeah, I was able to, to have conversations with people like they were people, <laughs> like they were people. Because I don't know one of the one of the things that I talked to my wife about while uh, while we were there is when when we first met you outside Jamba Juice and I started talking and um, you know we we did our little back and forth banter oh hey you know and, and talking and whatnot my wife and I went to go put our bags in the hotel and she's like you need to act normal. I was like, <laughs> What what do you mean? What did I do wrong? She's like, it just some of the things you're saying. I don't know. I did. I can't pinpoint it, but you you just need to act normal. And I was trying to explain to her like how, what how it's hard 
to act normal. I'm like, okay, so here's the situation. I have, I have these people who, for a couple of years now, I have developed this very, this very one-sided relationship with, because I watch their content, I listen to their podcasts, I, um, you know, I feel like I know them pretty well, even though we've never met, and they don't know who I am. And so I was like, it's for me, I think it's kind of hard knowing how to talk to people that you have a very one-sided relationship with. Like you feel like you know them pretty well and they don't, they don't know. They don't know who you are. They don't know you. Uh, I feel like I kind of got over that a little bit better. Um, on Saturday, because apparently Friday I was still, uh, you know, talking weird, apparently. No. Well, we had talked about it Friday night cause you wanted to say out to David Pachuto and, so, you know, a lot of these guys are kind of used to this already. See, that's another one. My wife is like, just go up and talk to him. I'm like, what do, what do I say? Hey, you're David Picciuto. You don't know me. I'm like, I did. David Picciuto is one, one guy that I did not talk to because I had no, I had no idea what to say to him. Just goes like, how are you doing? Yeah. I, again, I don't want to come off as being like a fanboy. I want to be able to talk to these people like a peer, but I still have that, still have a little hesitation and barrier, I think, when it comes to to some people in this space. You didn't see David outside of the bagel place? No, I saw him him lots of places. No, like he was sitting in the front lobby uh, after I met with you at Jamba Juice, and we went to go put our stuff in the room. He was sitting there. And then he was sitting there as I came back down again, and he was around with Bob and with Jimmy. And so anytime I was around with Bob and Jimmy, like he was right, he ate breakfast with us at uh, mm-hmm. Apple Fritter, like at a separate right? location. Yes, sorry, no, uh, sorry. <laughs> yes, uh, Apple Fritter. Yeah. I well, well, when we got there, I was like, did word get out that people were going to be here? Because it it was pretty busy. But, well, it was busy. Unrelated to us, it was busy. Yeah. But I, I guess for you to jump into your meeting your peers, you you kind of jumped into deep end. Because we were sitting, I say we, so Tiff, Anthony, uh, Forby, and I had gotten to the hotel. And right across the like parking lot from the hotel is a bagel place, a Starbucks, and like a Jamba Juice. And so we were just kind of getting some food before we went into the fair. And so the four of us are sitting there. And we're just hanging out, enjoying the weather. And like Jimmy Dresta comes walking down the sidewalk all by himself. Just like, oh, hey. And he's like, hey, Josh, how's it going? And we just sat down and he had some coffee and he pulled all the like 10 knives out of his pocket that he bought at uh, at Home Depot down the street <laughs> for some weird reason. And so we're sitting there hanging out. And then I don't remember who else was there. David and uh, his cameraman Dan were eventually out there. But that's when you and your wife drove up and you just kind of walked up and there's you know, Jimmy and some goofy people and Jimmy Dresta sitting at a table. And okay, I do you want me to tell what Jimmy said about you? Do you want me to say Oh, that? you can. That's well the precursor to that is I met Jimmy Dresta when he came down to Oklahoma for the video woodworkers convention um two years ago, right when I first started YouTube. And so I only had like three videos up and one of those videos was my Mjolnir mallet. And so I was walking around this, which seems tiny compared to Maker Fair that we just went to. But I was walking around this little convention, and he's like, hey, can I see that? And I was like, yeah, you can see it as long as I can get a picture of you with it. And so he he grabbed my mallet, and he posed for a picture um, with my mallet. And we talked for a little bit, and I was like, I, I met Jimmy DeResta. And so when I came to the Jamba Juice to to come talk to you, and Jimmy was there, and he's like, hey, I'm Jimmy. I was like, yeah, I, I know. We met. You were the guy that held my Mjolnir mallet. He's like, oh, yeah, okay, I remember that. Because I figured that would be the one thing that he would remember was the Mjolnir mallet. Well, then you went back into the hotel with your wife, mm-hmm. and you were packing bags or doing what you were doing. And he came back out, and I was talking about Donovan, and I was, and I was talking to somebody else. I was like, yeah, this channel's called Once Upon a Workbench. And Jimmy's sitting down, and he was talking to somebody, and he stops, and he like whips his head around. He's like, hold on. Who is that? I said, that's Donovan from Once Upon a Workbench. He's like, that's the guy that made my giant sign. I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, the the sticker board thing. He's like, he used a lot of expletives, but pretty much he was very enthusiastic. He's like, <laughs> that thing was bleeping awesome. He's like, why the bleep didn't he bleep and lead with that? <laughs> 
He's like, no, that thing was freaking cool. He's like, why didn't he, he tell me about that thing? I'm like, oh, I don't know. Maybe he was just nervous. He's like, no, nah, he didn't need to be nervous. He's like, that thing was cool. And so while you were away, he was very enthusiastic about knowing who you were and about what your work is. And that was not the only time that I was talking to people who you would geek out about that were very that, – that spoke very highly of your work. And I wanted to tell you after the fact, but you were already gone. And But there were a, a number of people that I, I know that you respect, and hopefully they said it to your face, but I know they said it to me while you weren't around about – how they really like your projects and they don't understand how you are not as big as they are. I'm, I'm super flattered. Yeah. <laughs> no, Jimmy actually uh, uh, sent me a message um, this morning. Actually, he's like, "Hey, and you know, I'm so sorry. I didn't realize that you know you were the guy that did this project." And I message him back. I'm like, "Dude, I got to be honest. Like, with as many people as follow you and talk to you on a daily basis." I did not assume that you would even know who I am because I figured my posts and tagging you would just get lost in the white noise. But, you know, thanks for thanks for messaging me. I thought that was pretty cool. Oh. Yeah. Did you guys uh were you guys surprised by the person that I surprised you guys with? That's a weird sentence. So I invited a person to a maker fair that I didn't tell you all about and I sort of uh I wanted to t- show you who it was at the same time, but we all didn't meet up at the same time. Uh, were you guys surprised or interested in that? I was very surprised when I saw you guys just kind of walking along the beach there and, and uh, you introduced me because I was not expecting that. Who? <laughs> <laughs> so I <laughs> mm, – maybe not. Uh, so I got Clinton from C3D Prop Shop, our top oh, patron. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I was like, dude, are you going to Maker Fair? This was like a month ago or something. And he's like, no, I can't really swing it. You got too many, you know, other commitments as far as like financial commitments. And I'm like, well, if you cover the uh, plane ticket, I got your um, lodging and your admission. And he's like, let me book a flight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I actually. Stay hushed on the social media. So at least surprise you guys with it. So I had. Uh... I had a we ran into each other as I was going around and looking at the different booths, and I gave him a couple of coin banks, and we talked for a little while, and it was it was really cool talking to him. I didn't realize that you had invited him. Uh, yep, I always want to try to do that with at least one person, not like pay their way, but get someone that's from like more of the outside than we normally see, you know, or mm-hmm. and just kind of throw them in the deep end, like you referenced earlier. And uh, so he stayed at the Airbnb with. Uh, Catherine, myself, and like seven other people <laughs> at this Airbnb in San Mateo. And we had this uh, constant Facebook message chat, you know, going to help communicate <laughs> things back and forth. And not to put him on the spot, but he said that he had the best weekend he had in his adult life. Aww. Oh, wow. Well, so, I got I mean, to talk to him a little bit yeah, during the, the dinner awesome. Saturday night, and he was a super cool guy, and he was awesome. explaining their. Yeah their crazy trip to Chinatown and how they got ushered around by like an 80 year old man that wouldn't leave their side. And yeah, it sounded like he had a, a pretty memorable time. Yeah. That's really awesome. That's so, cool. Go give him a, the ultimate shout out. So I'm not going to mention him later. So <laughs> Patreon rewards. He got the ultimate Patreon award. Just saying. Patreon.com so slash making geeks. We got to meet Seth at making it 100. We did. So we got to have dinner and drinks with Seth. We got to have a Maker Fair excursion with Clinton. So I don't know what is next for us to meet all together. But if someone usurps him, like, I don't know, we'll go to a trek to Antarctica or something, whatever our next endeavor is. Get to <laughs> right. invite the, the new king or queen. <clears throat> so this is kind of like the new uh, secret Patreon reward? It is. That we, that we don't ever put in writing, but kind of uh, <laughs> tends, tends to happen. The unspoken reward. Yep. I think that goes back to the very – how fortunate we are to have Wes be a part of this podcast as someone who builds up this community and who really is the glue for so many people in in this space. I mean because we all met – most of us met through like the Facebook group. Yep. And then that whole dumpster fire started to implode on itself. <laughs> and it could have very easily just went back to people in their own workshops being by themselves. 
and Maker Fair still being a gathering of of people, but it's still not reaching as far as it could reach. And I think Wes, uh, with all the glue that he is, reaching out to people and still bringing them into these live like meetup events. Like if you are fortunate enough to know Wes Wayne tangentially through anything, and he asks you to go somewhere, you're gonna have a good time. Well, thanks, man. And you better go. <laughs> Appreciate that. So, so, did we learn anything from this trip? I learned I'm probably not going to fly Alaska Airlines again. <laughs> well, I thought you liked him so much last year. I did. That's why we booked another one-way flight to and from San Francisco from Raleigh. Well, the flight out there got canceled. We got rerouted to Chicago through two different airlines. Each each airline we each airline we contacted or had some sort of uh, relationship with between leaving Raleigh and arriving in San Francisco had like every type of delay possible. Like we got diverted midair at one point and added like an hour. There was like delays, cancellations, uh, all kinds of stuff. And then even leaving, we were. Sp- <laughs> We basically had all Monday to Catherine and I, to, to ourselves. So we went to the museum, uh, Musée Mécanique, which is like an art, old-time arcade thing, which is on the in the piers in San Francisco, which anybody that's ever been, ever going to that's San Francisco, right. you need I to forgot about that, that place thing. out. That place was awesome. Uh, but we had the whole day to ourselves. We went and had lunch uh, on the waterfront. It was really nice. We had a flight, which was scheduled at 9.35. So we were allowing plenty of time to get from the waterfront to the airport. And then I don't know what time it was probably around three or something. Uh, I got an email saying that our flight was delayed <laughs> when we were wandering around. So it added like another two hours or something to our time. So we're like, well, what are we going to do now? We can't just go to the airport and hang around. Let's just do something else out here. And we're like looking around and a lot of the, uh, Things were starting to shut down. It was like five o'clock or something, and we saw we overheard this guy sort of trying to get other people to come to his booth, and his booth was was like a boat cruise sort of thing, like fifteen minute or a thirty minute tour of the waterfront. So you get to see like the sea the sea lions and like a little bit of Alcatraz, a little bit of this, and it was like fifteen bucks a person. Like fifteen bucks a person, thirty minutes. That's that's pretty good. Let's do that. Okay, let's do. It. Let's be spontaneous. So we get the guy to hold our bags for a little bit behind the counter. You know, counting down to the time where we're we're gonna get on board. Five minutes before we get on board, I get an email, and it's like we regret to inform you that your flight is no longer delayed. That's what it said, which is kind of weird verbiage. But in our case, that was like bad news because we were getting ready to get on a boat. It could have been worse. We could have been like actually floating out there and we would the timing would have been such that we would probably have missed our flight if i had if i checked my email five minutes later just the way it worked out and how far we were from the place and everything so then we had to like scurry like hey dude sorry we just bought these tickets we got to refund them now <laughs> he was like super pissed off but he was being cordial but you can kind of tell it was like the end of the day he was accounting like, on those two extra tickets and i don't know so we just got him and we just, like jetted back to the the airport we made our flight and everything but so the, the screw is getting there in like delays and then we get screwed and unscrewed, which still kind of screwed us almost. It was just kind of like, I don't I'm done with these guys. <laughs> Donovan, you're muted. <laughs> Having a conversation with myself, apparently. Um, I, uh, as, aside from just taking in the whole experience of maker fair, um, when we all had breakfast together, I had a very long conversation with Evan uh, from Evan and Caitlin because uh, we were all standing in line waiting to get into the secret location, which shall be. Unnamed. It was already named. So the breakfast place is called Apple Fritters, <laughs> and it's awesome. It is. It was really good. I was very impressed. There's so much food. Oh, man. Like portion sizes are were just. Yeah, there were what two people can share one meal. But yeah, it was, so it was really I did great. both days. Yeah. But uh, we were standing in the line, you know, just, just hanging out and talking. And Evan comes up and he looks at me. He's like, so how are your videos performing? <laughs> it's like, okay. Yeah, hi. 
Um, and we just we started talking about um, about everything in terms of like YouTube and videos and content and direction and stuff that they've been changing and stuff that they've noticed. And it was it was a very long, deep and enlightening conversation to have while you're standing waiting for donuts. So it was it was really good. I am um, I got a lot out of it. Anything you think you can like practically act on? Um, yeah, uh, well, I am right now. I am, I'm trying something drastic, um, with my videos and, um, just the format and the style and everything like that, uh, to, to see, well, cause one of the things we talked about is, um, picking a focus for your videos. Um, Because they were saying in the early days when they first started, they were definitely in the realm of like pure education. Uh, And as they have developed and as they've grown, they're leaning more towards entertainment rather than education, but still being informative. So like edutainment Uh, and with everything that they've been doing on Twitch and uh, all the other venues that they've been putting their content out. Um, they, they're really trying to push entertainment and bringing their personality and whatnot back into their videos where they said that, that, you know, for a little while there, they had a lull, um, cause they were taking all that kind of stuff out. And, um, and so it, it really got me thinking about whether or not my videos are fun to watch. And I tried to think, and I don't. I don't know if I could say that they're fun to watch. I, I'd say that they're interesting to watch if you already have a pre-established interest in me or the process or the build. But beyond that, um, trying to appeal to a general audience, that's another thing that we kind of talked about is picking projects that appeal to a broad audience rather than, rather than doing what I tend to do, which is um, you know focusing on very specific niche geeky things which Josh, you and I have talked about that before too. Um, but just trying to entertain to the masses rather than trying to find um, an audience with a, with a small group that may or may not be there because they don't know how to find you. Uh, and so one of my takeaways from that was just um, to try something pretty radically different with my videos and the style of my videos and to see if it works. And if it does, great. And I, I can say that my takeaway, um, you know, led to some fruition for for my channel. And if not, then, you know, it was a nice experiment. And I'll go, I'll go back to doing what I was doing and see if I can make work from there. But okay, well, I'm glad that we'll see. a silly breakfast donut place had such an impactful conversation. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, with a lot of these events, it's more... Like I would definitely do it again just to be able to um, to hang out with the people and to talk with the people rather than trying to focus attention and energy on Maker Fair itself. Yeah, I've often so. said that this the event could be like the International Walmart Greeters Association <laughs> extravaganza, and we would all have just as good of a time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, with. As much as we, um, you know, talk and banter with each other and with different people on the internet, it's it's a whole different experience, you know, seeing them face to face, non pixelated, yep. <laughs> like you guys. And I think big events like this, you have to pick those venues, and some of it is kind of pure dumb luck. Um, you know, going to dinner with certain people or going to meetups afterward or breakfast in certain places, and um. Like we talked about before, like I, I shy away from the massive groups of people. And so Matter Hackers had their meetup at the same little piano bar that they had last year. And last year it was just, it was packed. It was packed full of people and it just, it wasn't my scene. I, I know the people from Matter Hackers, I can have a great time with them, but I don't have a great time with them at that place because it's so loud and stuff. So, but those meetups like that are a, a great opportunity to meet other people that you might not have a chance to and in, in the larger maker fair type venue, but it's louder. And so, I mean, if you do want somebody's ear for a certain amount of time, like you have to strategically kind of choose your, your locations and your opportunities. Yeah. It's funny how quickly the, the event itself kind of fades away 
and it's everything kind of surrounding it and the reason why people are in that area that kind of becomes more important. Um, other than meeting you guys and having the, you know, the families kind of get together, uh, the best interaction I had was Friday night when I actually Friday before the, the whole paella, uh, dinner thing, when I had a good 15 minute conversation with Ben Weta and I got probably more out of that conversation than I did with almost anything else that I, I did at Maker Fair. Um, that had meaning for me because I mean it's different for everybody, but um, you know having a you know conversation about content, uh, the future, different things, and yeah, that was that was really cool. Awesome. Yeah, he and my wife had an amazing conversation because uh, he's he's a homeschool kid, and so he and Tiff and I had a pretty good conversation, and she got a lot of really encouraging feedback from him as an adult, you know learning the the differences between him and his siblings and you no, know, it was a good time. And I had a good talk with, uh, with Peter Brown. He didn't call me Bob's boy this year. So that was good. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was really interesting. Like, uh, the people that like, um, uh, Bill Duran, like Bill Duran walked up and started a conversation with me. And that to me is super weird because I'm, I, I am my mind with a lot of people that know Bob directly and have, you know, a really close relationship to Bob may know me tangentially. And when people walk up and start a conversation with me, I still have those geek out moments. Like I had one with, with Bill Duran and it was really cool. I mean, this year it was the, the people always, the people always make maker fair. And I think the interactions with people kind of made up for, what I think certain things about Maker Fair, in my opinion, were lacking, but all around good trip. Other than a flight home, that flight home sucked, and I don't ever want to do that again. But Maker Fair itself, as a whole, good time. All right, to start wrapping up, um, why don't we get into geeking out a little bit? Josh, you said you already had something, I think, right? Yes, yeah, I have a I'm, book. You, you, you piqued my interest. Okay, so in one of the, the random tents, I don't remember which one. Uh, there was a guy that had a bunch of artwork for sale and like prints. He had a couple t-shirts and things and his name was Matt Gazer. I'm going to move my microphone for a second. So if it makes a noise, I apologize. There's the book in the, the live stream. So if you're in the YouTube live stream or want to see it, wow. uh, but check it out. Whoop, I should move my fingers out of the way, but he creates these like fantasy worlds and he does mock-up design for a bunch of Hollywood movies. And so he creates these like, robots and spaceships as well as like castles and if you can imagine like a steampunky style like robot world meets king arthur world all over the place and so not only is it like the final um like paintings and things there's like mock-up drawings and stuff that he's done so like these are like race, futuristic looking race cars for tiny people living in a giant world. But I was looking at it and I'm like, I, I've been on this model kick because Bob and I on no instructions. He's like wants to do models and things and I've never really done models. And I was like, dude, have you ever done like a model kit of some of these cars and spaceships and stuff? These would be awesome. He's like, no, I haven't. You know, there was one resin figure that he had. I'm like, well, would you mind if I 3D model and 3D printed some of these? And he just like lit up. He's like, that would be so amazing. So when I bought this book, he like uh, he didn't sign the book. He sketched in the book. So I have a uh-huh. custom sketch just for me in the front of this book of a spaceman on the moon. And it was super cool. <laughs> that he just drew while I was standing there. And so now I'm working on a model of one of these cool like spaceship race car looking things. And it is a stretch for me. Um trying to branch out into the more artistic and fantastical and not so uh, functional and engineering type designs that I normally do to solve a problem. Like this thing exists only in someone's head and in 2d and I want to make it into 3d. So that was my big inspiring takeaway from maker fair was to take someone's art and make it a thing. That was like the whole content of our talk at maker fair right there. (laughs) Take the words out of my mouth. You can say the same thing. It's cool. Yeah, <clears throat> that's really cool. I love uh, I love books like that uh, coming from like desire to be an animator back in the day. Like I anytime that there's a movie that I really like, I always get the art of Interstellar, mm-hmm. the art of Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse, the art of Blade Runner, like whatever it is. Like I love seeing all of the concept 
that goes into like the final product and it's really cool that's cool that's that's a good pick i like it that's matt gazer g-a-s-e-r i found him on instagram i think it's all one word but go check out some of that art again his name's matt gazer he's a cool guy yeah Yeah. um i am geeking out about (laughs) borderlands 2 which is an old game uh, but in preparation uh, for Borderlands 3 coming out, a couple friends of mine and I um, bought the Handsome Jack collection, uh, Borderlands 2 and the pre-sequel and all the expansion packs and everything like that. Uh, and we're playing through it together. And it's uh, it's entertaining. I forgot how much I enjoyed that game just because of the wit and humor that I've got into it. So uh, I'm geeking out about Borderlands Oh, and if anybody wants to play with me on Xbox, I'm just putting this out there. Uh, I play on Xbox. My tag is Eyes Epic Blue. Uh, that's my gamer tag across any platform, whether it's PC, Xbox, PlayStation, whatever. Uh, come find me. If you see me on, we can play together. Shoot bad guys in the face, you know, stuff like that. Hmm. I'm geeking out about only having about 12 days of work left. <laughs> Before I can start going into full maker mode and catch up on all the things I've been wanting to do for the last six months, but just couldn't seem to get around doing. As long as the weather cooperates, since it's really kind of strange weather here right now for May in California. But I have at least eight different projects that I'm going to try to um, hopefully complete over the summer. And do kind of like just a mad run for as much content as I can. And some cool things that I... I'm haven't quite revealed yet, but would like to start talking about and and doing. So that's mine. Cool. Nice. Let's see. For myself, um, I'm geeking out about a, a team of smart young people that I met. I, I'm so old. I'm old for saying that, aren't I? That makes me old. Um, I met at Maker Fair. I actually digitally met them like a year ago when there were some posts for the New York Maker Fair. Uh, their team presented there, I guess, at the first time. They had like a booth. And it's called Teddy Robotics. And basically it's a team of young engineers uh, from the New York, New Jersey area. And they're basically taking a standard teddy bear of a lar- rather larger size, you know, something as welcoming as a teddy bear, and using that as like a platform for teaching uh, about robotics and engineering and programming which i thought was pretty cool so they they kind of think about it as like a less intimidating um avenue for kids to sort of learn about that so in one way i think about it sort of like like teddy ruxpin but like a hackable version which is kind of neat so they have like a camera in the face and like full servos and everything and i was excited to see uh their table was actually pretty close to the diy uh stage but it took me until Sunday before I could find it. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, because of all the other things that were going on on Saturday, I didn't get a chance to, and I knew they were going to be there Sunday. So I was looking around, and I still I was like messaging them, trying to find out where in the building, and they weren't responding. And I happened to look at one of their Instagram uh, posts, and I could see like the background behind them. So then Catherine and I like used that information to sort of discern what huh. area of the building they were you know, relative to. Uh, so then we find out where exactly it is, and I look down, and their table is empty. It just has, like, the piece of paper saying, like, they were there, like, Teddy Robotics, and it was just an empty table. I'm like, what? <laughs> Are you serious? So I messaged them. I took a picture of it with a sad face, and they're like, oh, we're still here. We're over at this other booth helping them out. Uh, Teddy had a malfunction. We couldn't fix them. So instead of presenting there with a, a dead bear... Uh, we're packing up our stuff <laughs> and we're, we're heading out. But uh, if you're still in the building, we'll say hi to you before we leave. And I made him, met him at the Seed Studio, which is one of the, um, I guess, sponsors that were sort of near uh, the Prusa booth. And there they are. They all had their luggage. They were getting ready to literally roll out and they were waiting for me to say hi, which I thought was super huh. cool. And I finally got a chance to check out the project. Uh, unfortunately it wasn't moving, but they're like, Oh, we'll send you videos, of it, you know, so you can see the progress. And they were, they were, they were more excited to see, meet me than I was them, which is kind of weird. Uh, I guess just because I've been interested in their content, uh, for over a year. 
Um, but I definitely recommend anybody to check them out. Uh, it's teddy.robotics on Instagram. Uh, just say, tell them that Wes or Geeksmithing uh, <laughs> sent you. They'll get a kick out of it. And I happened to look at their website, just looking at some information about them. And they had a picture from last year uh, from Maker Faire in New York of the whole team and the bear in front. And like some of the armatures they went in and refer- kind of uh, evolved from. And then the one from this year, they had a picture that I took with them. So I'm like in the middle of their picture. I didn't hmm. know they were going to do that, which is super cool. Um, so yeah, check them out. Teddy.robotics. All right, cool. Well, for everybody listening, Aaron, if you've been uh, a new listener and you want to uh, want to get a hold of us and ask any questions, go ahead and check out the site, makingeeks.com. We have a contact page where you can listen to any questions or suggestions for the show. And... If you would like, you can also listen to any of our past episodes right there from the homepage of the site on makinggeeks.com. Now, aside from all the work we do together here on the Making Geeks podcast, you can find our work individually. For Sean, you can find it over at Geek Builders. Wes is found at Geek Smithing. Josh has two places you can find his stuff, his personal stuff over at the PI Workshop or the stuff that he does with Bob over at I Like to Make Stuff. And that can be found at Once Upon a Workbench. And I'd like to thank all of our patrons, not just Cliff from C3D Prop Shop, but all of our... What? His name's Clinton. I know. It's an inside joke. All right. Oh, okay. Just, just let it roll. Oh, pardon me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'd like to thank everyone for helping us out at patreon.com slash geeks for keeping the lights on and keeping... Uh, us able to be able to go to these different events and stuff. We definitely appreciate all appreciate all of their donations and patronage. Sweet. We'd like to thank everybody for hanging out with us this week. Uh, thank you for everybody in the live chat. I know we're recording on Wednesday, so it's a little atypical YouTube time. But if you want to come hang out with us live and in person, that's every Thursday around 9.30 Eastern Standard Time here in the United States. And for everybody who we got to meet at Maker Faire, and for those we didn't get to meet at Maker Faire, we thank you so much for supporting this show. Uh, it means a whole lot to us to be able to, to speak in front of people that we uh, that we get to reach and to speak to you directly for those people we didn't get to see in person. So thank you from us to you, and we all hope you have a fantastic week. See you, everybody. And to the gentleman that came up to us and said hi at at Maker Fair, he said he was on episode 50. So when he gets around to this episode, hello, we're saying hi back. Oh, Thanks yeah. for listening. <laughs> See you guys. Take care. That was kind of cool. I forgot about that. If you wanted to hear 1 to 45, A, you should have been at Maker Fair. <laughs>